1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten podcast, brought to you by Blocking the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Coney Catalina and Aiden Davis to talk all things Dallas Cowboys Week 15. I guess what? Uh, we have not had to come in here with this disposition in quite some time. Uh, the Cowboys get stomped out embarrassing fashion. We're going to dissect it all, talk it all. Before that, though, Aiden, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm good. Do we have to talk Dallas Cowboys football? Can we <laughs> can we become different fans for a day?
1: You know what? It's 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 going to be, you know, it's Christmas week, right? By the time, you know, we got a week out, it'll be Christmas time, so maybe we should focus on the positive and not the negative. But no, I digress. Um, it it was a tough day, tough day for the Dallas Cowboys all around. If you hadn't uh Hadn't watched it, or I don't blame you if you didn't watch it at this point, but the Cowboys lost lost 31 to 10 to the Buffalo Bills to drop to 10 and 4. And honestly, the score wasn't even that close. I don't understand why they had Dak in there late. I guess I can rationalize, but I don't love the idea. We'll get into it more deeply. But first thought, like we always do, open it up. What is your initial thoughts from this uh this beatdown uh in week fifteen?
2: It's this to me was like a It played out very similar to the Cardinals game where the Cowboys just couldn't do anything to stop the run. And it just felt like the entire game, like, yeah, the Cowboys just, they don't have a shot in this one because they can't stop the run. And because the offense looks a little shaky for pretty much the entire game that like, it it just felt like the air was, once the bills went up like 21 to three, it was almost like, yeah, this one's almost over because the offense can't get moving and we can't do anything to stop James Cook. So it was... Not a fun one to watch when you're just getting pulverized on the ground. Josh Allen didn't beat us. That Bill's running game beat us.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, though. I think what is super fascinating about the Cowboys is the way they're built is so different, right? We're in a world now where most teams want to defer to the second half, right? They want to put the defense out there. You want to get the ball and try to double dip. It almost feels like the Cowboys aren't built for that type of game, right? We've seen a lot of people online complain about the fact that the Cowboys take the football, right? They want to open up the game. This time they de- decided to defer, and it backfired, right? Because they got down 7 nothing and were never, never able to come out of that rut. Um, and with that being said, I wonder if it's unconventional at this point, but I wonder if the Cowboys are just a team that needs to take that first opening drive, get the ball you know, assert their dominance and play their style of football because we see how, how much it snowballs. We saw it in the 49ers game. We saw them in a dogfight against Arizona. Um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles a little different, but there's familiarity there with the division opponent. So you can't really – I don't take much from, like, the Philly loss because, like, those games are so up in the air because there's so much familiarity. But, again, this Buffalo Bills loss feels of like a very familiar fashion to this Cowboys team.
2: And once again, I mean, we've talked about it on the last few episodes, like this, the Cowboys' defense is, they are not, they're not at their peak right now. And to watch this, where it's like, Josh Allen, how many, he attempted 15 passes all game, only completed seven, and the Bills put up 31 points. That's worrisome. The fact that you're like James Cook, Latavius Murray, that, that, what's the, uh, Ty Johnson, that is not a ferocious running attack. And yet you let them walk all over you. That's scary when you, like, you, it seems like the Cowboys have to shut down the run to be successful. And like, if we're gonna get games like this, where an average running attack is just able to work you, that's scary.
1: It, it's it's kind of crazy to me, right? Yes, a hundred percent. Initial thoughts on it is that this Cowboys defense is a problem. Jonathan Hakins being injured is an issue. Um, We able to watch it back and see really what was the issue, but it just seemed like no matter what they wanted to do on the ground. They were able to take it, whatever they wanted to do. So for me, it's 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 a perplexing thing, but not really, right? Like how how does this team that prides themselves on on tenacity and being tough and and being the hammer and not the nail can go in and play this game and get like smacked, right? Like I just, it, it's so perplexing to me. I mean, nothing really was gained. I know officially they, you know. Clinched the playoff berth, but that really doesn't mean anything, right? Like everything you Don't wanted. Yeah. yeah. exactly. This is that's just not even that's just a step one. All right. Now we're in the playoffs, but there was so much more to be gained with a lot with a win today. And they just didn't answer the bell defensively. I know that I put a tweet out and it said, you know, the conversation about Dak Prescott and the MVP is is obviously going to sour and people that look to pounce on Dak Prescott are going to have all the ammo they need to whether it's right, wrong or indifferent they they're going to have that they've been waiting 6 weeks to have this um but with that being said the things that I'm most perplexed by is not even really the offense and I'm not I'm truly not trying to defend Dak Prescott here like that's not my intention here the defense couldn't stop anything the team's football IQ and just fundamental understanding of situational football is a problem. It's a real problem. I know there's ticky-tack calls and stuff like that, but I always yell at my TV. I'm like, when they punt the ball, I'm like, don't be stupid to giving you the ball back in 15-yard penalty. How do you whiff on that block punt, right? Then you got J. Ron Curse, who the pass was clearly through his hands. Why do you smoke him in the back? Like, I understand it's ticky-tack, but, like, you know how the game is called, right? And then you got something like, uh, you know, you, Mike McCarthy, you got to throw the challenge flag. Give your team a chance, right? Give your team a chance. We've seen far more egregious challenge calls than that. Just throw it out. And those are three game-changing plays. You can't – two 15-yard penalties, a non-challenge play, and this is an entirely different football game that you just cannot get yourself out of that hole.
2: No, I com- – the, pen- the early penalties were frustrating because it gave the Bills an opportunity that they shouldn't have had, especially, like, you're talking about, I think, the first – three, I think the first three Bills touchdowns, and Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first three Bills touchdowns came off of, A, that DeMarcus Lawrence roughing the passer on third down, B, that Sam Williams blocked roughing the punter, and then I think the third touchdown came on the Stephon Diggs fumble, but that might have been on the, but the point is, is that when you have small tiki tack stuff that plays such a big outcome in the game, you're right, it's just infuriating to watch, and I'm, like, they were, those are calls that Should have been made. Like I I don't hate the calls. I'm not gonna argue with the refs there. They I was fine when they were called. But I'm also not gonna defend the offense in this one. I think this is the third time this season we've seen the Cowboys offense go on the road and completely lay an egg. Just like it's it's not like Dak Prescott played a horrific game today, but it was not a good game from Dak. The running game looked solid at times, but once you got in that big hole, you weren't able to take advantage of that anymore. And it just got to a point, like, halfway through the second quarter, Dak just got rattled. And, like, this is now against the Niners, against the Cardinals, and now against the Bills, road games where the offense just looks clunky. It's getting scary because at this point, the Cowboys are going to be the five seed, and they will have to play all their playoff games on the road, potentially.
1: I'm, I'm far less. My thought is unconventional, right? And I'm far less. I'm probably in the minority with this. I'm far less concerned with the road than I am about what I said earlier about just quick starts and fast starts. It doesn't matter if you're home or away. If you can't start quickly, I just, I don't, I know it's super unpopular and I'm and probably the numbers will say I'm wrong on this, but w- what about being on the road means you can't play functional football? You know what I mean? Like the noise, like, why, like the noise stops you from being able to complete a pass. Like it just, or, or, you know, run or block or pass protect. Like I just don't, think it makes i think it's an overblown factor by fans fans think that they have a far greater impact on it than it's real and it's and it's a and a, a thought to keep people in the seats to think that they're going to have this massive impact like You're on a silent count. You know the play calls. You're on offense. You have an advantage over the defense already. How do you not just go out there and play football? So I think more so than where the location of the game is, is can they get out and start fast? We've called them front runners for a long time, and I think this is just further evidence that this Cowboys team is a front-running team.
2: Yeah, I, I do agree with, like, I'm not saying like Dak Prescott can't play on the road because a few weeks ago we saw Dak Prescott play against Philadelphia and he was not the reason the Cowboys lost that game. He looked very solid in that game. And that Lincoln financial field is about as difficult of an environment as you can get. So I'm not saying like it's the offense completely falls apart on the road, but the fact that there's three times this season, the Cowboys have failed to hit 20 points. All three of those have been on the road and it's, it's just scary. It's, It's a weird trend that I'm not putting too much stock in. I do agree starting hot is clearly the Cowboys. It's a very central part of a, how the defense can function and B, like the offense clearly likes playing with a lead or tied. It's just, I don't know. It's scary that we're seeing these road issues continue to, I would have liked to see the Cowboys come out today, punch the bills in the mouth. So you can say, yeah, the road, the road, it's not, we don't struggle on the road, but they didn't do that. They fell flat again. And so that road narrative is going to continue.
1: Sure. And so we're going to have plenty of negative to talk about, but this next segment, I want to break it up a little bit and see, in us maybe a very quick segment, but I want to at least try to inject some positivity into it. With that being said, is there anything positive to take from this game for you? Like, and if it's no, it's no, we'll just change the subject, but is there anything that you could take from this positively?
2: Yeah. The only positive thing I think I'm taking away is Tony Pollard looked good. Like, he only got 11 attempts because the Cowboys were playing from a hole. But early on in the game, Tony Pollard was ripping off five, six runs on first down pretty consistently. That's about as good as I can say. I don't know. Brandon (laughs) Aubrey hit his one field goal of the day. Congratulations to Brandon Aubrey continuing that streak. But yeah, it's essentially the running game looked all right. And outside of that, I don't have much positive.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the numbers, I'll be able to take a look at the numbers. I think... T.J. Bass held up better than I thought he was going to. And and that's kind of, you know, T.J. Bass played, played okay. I mean, anytime you lose Zach Martin, future Hall of Famer, it's going to impact the offensive line. Offensive line as a whole did not play well. I think Terrence Steele probably had his worst game since the Philadelphia Eagles game the first time. Um, that's an issue. My man is a turnstile. Um, positives, like you said, Brandon Aubrey, I mean, he travels. <laughs> he travels. Yeah. That's the only positive I could think of right now is that. or um The man. secondary
2: looked all right. You're like, right. You're, Josh, you know Josh Allen did finish with a 46% completion percentage. It didn't yeah. matter because he never had to no. throw the ball. But the secondary and the pass rush was all right when they had the opportunity. They just, the Bills didn't need to pass.
1: And to build on your earlier point, I think you're right about the running game. I think Tony Pollard with the two high safeties, the Cowboys are okay with running the football and they were getting productive runs but when you get down in a three score hole four score hole you can't really stay on the running game so it doesn't matter and that's why it's going to be a talking point of me of mine all week is starting fast maybe starting with the ball understanding the importance of this team like when is the last time this team got down and you were like okay we're gonna we're gonna crawl through this we're gonna fight through it back and you had confidence in it because i'm having a hard time thinking about it
2: the seahawks game right like they were, yeah. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like they were in a massive hole for. The but they're Seahawks going shot game.
1: for shot. You know what I mean? It almost like True. even when they were going down, like we didn't even punt on offense. You know what I mean? So even though the defense was bad, the offense was never bad in that game. You know what I mean? So.
2: What about? Yeah, they started hot last week against the Eagles. I think you're right. I mean, this team. Runs. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, not good. Yeah, I'm looking back at their schedule. I'm mean, not great did they trail by no I don't think they trailed for that long against the Chargers if like Dak had to put a game winning touchdown drive together but it's not like they were trailing for the entire game so right. yeah you're right
1: right so enough of the positivity right I'm sorry today <laughs> today is just not the day for it it's just the Cowboys played awful I mean the 10 and 4 if you want to take the positivity in it if you want to I mean I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to even buy into this and you can tell me I'm a clown on Twitter for saying it but a reality check sometimes is worthy is needed i mean i don't like you know me i've said it on this show a million times i don't like to learn lessons in defeat but sometimes you have to get slapped in the mouth and the last time they were slapped in the mouth they railed you know what did they run off five straight wins and i know the schedule played a part in that so it's not perfect but um this may be the straightening out they needed to be right before the playoff push and the final you know three games of the year but if you want to look at it with a half glass empty uh, perspective
2: I, I mean, we'll see you next week because it's not like next week is the it's like, oh, yeah, perfect get right game. No, yeah. you have to now travel on the road against the Dolphins who are starting to look hot again. And yeah. so like you're talking about we could see a skid if Mike McCarthy is like we know how Mike McCarthy responds to a loss, but yeah. it's a lot harder to beat the Dolphins than it is responding when you get to play like the commanders the week after right
1: and i and you know what i will get into it i don't want to dive too far into it because i have a whole segment here where we're going to talk about the dolphins and kind of onto miami type of situation but yeah i we both have been on record here saying that we think that Miami's a, a matchup problem for the cowboys they do a lot of things that uh kind of mimic i mean it's the 49ers tree and if you got any 49ers flavor you're going to be a problem to the cowboys but with that being said this smack in the mouth is going to like I said kind of have them be focused and ready to go next week. Now does that translate into a win on the road again? Uh, who knows, right? I mean Miami on the road is about as friendly as it gets Christmas Eve. It's going to be what? 65, 60 degrees will be nice and nice weather, nice, you know, environment. So, um we'll see, but before we get to the on to the Miami type of t- conversation here, let's change the 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 topic here back to a negative. Does this classify to you as a concerning trend now. Like, is are we done seeing that this team gets beat in its one-offs, right? We've seen too many one-offs to not put the pieces to the puzzle and think that this team has some legitimate glaring holes now.
2: I I think the most concerning trend is the defense because we're now going on four weeks of iffy defensive play, and I know the response to that is going to be, well, you held the commanders to, what, 13 total points. You held the Eagles to 13 points. Yeah, but the larger issue with that was that the Cowboys were just allowing both the Washington offense and the Eagles offense to drive down the field. They got a little bit lucky. There was like a bend, Ben dope, break style of defensive games in those two, but those offenses were able to drive. And then in between that, Seattle put up 35 points on this Cowboys defense. And now the Bills, they only need to pat. They only need to complete the ball seven times. And you drop 31 points. Like I am getting a little bit concerned about the defense. I don't think it's this iron clad chicago bears baltimore ravens denver broncos of the past defense this is a defense that can get got and lately they've been getting got a lot so i am getting a little concerned with that that would be like the most worrisome trend that i see of this team i totally
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: I totally 100% agree. It's, you know, when people go online and they and there's that, you know, the vendetta around Dak Prescott. So people have a really hard time, you know, giving him credit. And when he does, when the team plays poorly or whatever that they can kind of point to him, it's very easy for them to point the finger. But I will say, the the, the unit with the most like personality and the most cockiness is this defensive unit. And I don't know if they've like earned that, right? Like, I I don't know if you feel the same way I do, but it sounds like you do from the conversation or the part you just said, I have much more confidence that this offense is going to be able to click things into place and do the right thing. than I do the defense every time that this team has really played poorly outside of maybe um, the 49ers when it was, everything was bad. It, it's been the defense that's been struggling, right? This Cowboys offense has found a way to found rhythm. They found stuff that works. Like They can find that. They can make that work. This, this defense needs situational football to be perfect. It's almost kind of like you have to have things just right for this defense to look. And I think even Greg Olson on the telecast even alluded to the fact that this team is built for pass rushing. They're not built yeah. for trying to stop the run and trying to stop the bleeding. They need to be ahead with their ears pinned back and and I think this Cowboys offense can travel and it's a bad day to say that, but I think this defense needs perfect situation.
2: I will say I'm the trend where the run defense just completely disappears at times. It's 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 not really a tr- it just pops up at the most random inopportune times. Like for example, you can look to a game that played out kind of similar to like today. Which is the first the first time we played the Eagles. You're talking about a game where the Cowboys were on the road against a team that knows how to run the ball and against in a game where uh, specifically in the second half you were down for a lot of it, and yet the Cowboys run defense only allowed 2.4 yards to DeAndre Swift. So like even when they're down and even when they're not in the great s- best situations, the run defense still shows up at times. But then you get today where it's like, do did we just forget? Did the run defense forget how to like work? Like this is it was absurd. To just watching yeah. James Cook look like prime Dalvin Cook against us. So I it's 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 really concerning to me that the run defense just finds random games where they're like, "Now, nah, we'll take a break today. We'll just let the other team run all over us." I don't get how, when that pops up and why it happens.
1: And this is why I think football is so finicky, right? Because I think the defense at first kind of played well. I mean, they got what was the first one? They got off the field and it was a 15-yard a no, penalty. The, yeah, oh, they, yeah, scored. they yeah. You know what I mean? They scored a touch. Yeah. They scored a touch. Every I think, what, the first three scores were, like we alluded to, two 15-yard penalties and an unchallenged thing. Like, the defense was kind of finding a way to make it work. Like you said, Josh Allen's numbers weren't great. It was more James Cook. But they found ways to get stops that just untimely – like the Sam Williams thing is a bonehead thing. The J. Ron Kirsten thing is a bonehead thing. Like, there's some bonehead plays that this team – like when you're a front runner and you can't yeah. find a way to dig yourself out of the hole, you need to have more discipline between the ears. And this is where that team struggles
2: right now. It also just, I mean, this is, this is, there's not much analysis that goes into it, but didn't you almost feel like the defense was playing uninspired to, like they didn't care that James cook was running for seven, eight yards a carry, which he finished at eight carries, by the That's way, a scary carries, sentiment. which is absurd. It's yeah. a
1: scary sentiment because it's almost like, they were forced into that like he beat you so bad you got to for the, se- the sake of pride be like man forget that like you know what like whatever like it's just a one off like when you get beat so bad you have to like humble yourself <laughs> because if yeah, that's I, like it was just so so tough
2: i i'm completely on the same page as you it was just weird to watch the defense it, it just seemed like they were demoralized after a little bit and they were like yeah we're going to we're going to take this game off james that's cook what- have have your way <laughs>
1: That's why football is so fascinating to me because that's not the best running back you faced. That's not the best offensive line you faced. And maybe one of the best quarterbacks you have you faced this year, but he didn't have like his typical game, right? Like he didn't have his typical game and you're still not even competitive. If you go in and then you go and play, even if you look, and we're peeling back some layers here, but even if you look at the three games we lost to the 49ers, all three were lost in like unique fashion. Right? Like, all three. Like, the first time in 2021, like, offense was doing their thing. Made, you know, couldn't come up in the end. Second game was 19-12. to Defense played well. Offense couldn't get it going. Third game, just get the doors blown off you. So, you can play this Buffalo Bills team 10 times and you'll have 10 different outcomes with 10 different, like, variations. So, That's why it's so important for you to just be on your A game and take advantage of the moment right now. When this Cowboys team makes dumb, stupid mistakes, they do not have the horses in the barn to come out of that. They figured that out. We have figured that this team has trouble digging themselves out of it. It doesn't mean they can't do it, but they have a harder time than it seems like most teams do.
2: So question about that because there is going to be one player specifically that is going to be blamed for their inability to come back in situations like this. How much are you laying at the feet of Dak? I know cuz you're not a guy that's going to put all this blame at the feet yeah, of Dak Prescott. You can't. But Yeah. But how much blame are you putting on Dak for that?
1: He's not he's not blameless. I will say this. There was a 3rd and 1 call where they took a shot, right? And and yeah. immediately Mike McCarthy was getting blamed online. But what people don't realize if you check and watch the film, if I'm lying, I'm flying, Dak like checked into it. He like it was his call to to go long. You just pounded the rock with Hunter Lepke and got a first down on the on the last third and one. Do something similar. Run the football. Live to see another day. You you check into a bomb, play action pass, and you get sacked. And it's now it's fourth and 12, fourth and thirteen. I thought it was that was the number one worst thing I think he did. Um Throwing in the elements is tough. That's why Josh Allen didn't really have to do it. If you hand it off to James Cook, how many times he did? He almost had 200 rushing yards. So yeah. that, if you got that in your bag, there's no reason to over exert yourself. So he's not blameless, but I've said this on Twitter. I don't think he's in, even in the top five biggest problems that happened tonight.
2: No, I will say one other th- area where I was concerned about Dak today, it, al- it seemed like he... Like they, the announcers always talk about this new Texas coast, West coast offense is it so imperative that Dak it's like one, two drop back, plant your foot, zing the ball. I didn't see that from Dak today. I saw one, two drop back Dak looking a little bit. Oh, where, yeah. what's going to happen with this one? And then he takes like on the stat sheet, You only see Dak only took three sacks. Those, it felt like all three sacks were like on third and twos yeah. or third and fours where it's like this is a big third down right now. Deck should be able to pick it up, and he's just dancing around the backfield, looking a little bit scared, and takes a sack. That to me was a little bit worrisome today, the, where the, the confidence just wasn't there.
1: Yeah, and I think the high level problem with that is, and again, I'm not tra- claiming to be a Dan Olafsky or a film breaker down no. here, but like I understand, like the high level end of that is they're running a two safety high shell keep everything underneath. Everything is kind of bracketed up. And when everything's based on timing and no one's open, you hit that hitch and then you got to hitch again and the rhythm's off, the timing's off, nothing's open. Now Dak's sitting and you look, boom, Terrence Dale gets beat and you're getting smashed. So it's uh, it's a calamity of things, right? And that's what makes the Cowboys offense special as of late is the fact that they're able to one, two, three step, boom, get the ball out. One, two, three step, boom, get the ball out. They ran into a team that isn't afraid to adjust to what the Cowboys do well, and they had the the team to do it. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many deep layers into the X's and O's and why I look bad, and obviously he's not blameless in it, but I think more so than anything, I want to give the Bills credit for their game plan against it.
2: No, I, I do. I just think for the last five, six, seven, eight, I, I don't know how many weeks, we have been giving Dak his flowers, and rightfully so. The guy was, he was in... Firmly in the MVP candidacy, he deserved it. I still believe he deserves to be in the MVP race. However, I'm if I'm going to give Dak his flowers when he's playing great, I have to criticize him when he's playing bad. And today, yeah. to me, was a bad performance by Dak, and I'm going to put some blame at his feet. Sure. That does not mean that I'm bearing the guy. I still <laughs> love our quarterback one. It just means he did not play well today. Yeah,
1: I mean, real quick, because before we switch over to a different segment, like, did you think, I mean, I, I'm. It's rhetorical, almost than an actual question. But did you think he was gonna be perfect all for the rest of the season? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you knew adversity was gonna strike at some point again.
2: I when and like, there's no proof of this. It was you just have to take my word for it. When the Bills scored a touchdown, I I was watching the game with my dad. I turned to dad. I said, I think this could be a bad back game. It just seems like everything's working against us. We're mm-hmm. on the road against a. Bills team that really needs to win. And that defense is lo- has been looking better lately. I just felt like spe- throwing the rain. I just felt like Dak was going to struggle today. Didn't think it was going to be that bad. But <laughs> it it this was just a game where you're like, yeah, Dak, every, it was working against him, especially when yeah. you throw in the offensive line issues.
1: I had a similar, I, I I tweeted it out, but I said this is a game we've seen over the last decade. Or so like Cowboys, you know, shoot themselves in the foot come out slow, three and out, can't stop nobody on defense. This has the recipe of a thing we've seen a million times before. And you hate to be right sometimes, right? Like I'd love yeah. to be love to be more wrong than right when it comes to that situation. But we've seen this version of the Cowboys before. It's just a new year. With that being said, don't want to spend too, too much time on it. We've just spent almost 30 minutes on this uh, <laughs> loss. But with that being said, let's turn the page quickly, right? Next game up, Christmas Eve against the Miami Dolphins, high-flying offense, like we talked about Mike McDaniel. We had talked about this game pretty much all season long, how they do a lot of things well on offense. A little banged up. Tyreek Hill hurt. I think he didn't play this week with the hope that he'll be ready for next week. I think they knew they could handle the Jets without Tyreek Hill, and they did just that. They did nothing. Um, but with that being said, let's kind of look at some of this um, Miami Dolphins thing. What is Give me two things that you're most concerned with. I know I put you on the spot here, but you want me to go first? I can't.
2: No, I'll give you two quick things. Number one, because we've talked about it all show is the fact that a Chan and Mostert could very well run for 400 combined yards against us. If the Dolphins so choose. like that's talking about here's the, here's the issue. We just did that against, we just allowed James Cook to look like an all pro against us. What's going to happen when we let one of the most efficient running games behind a two headed duo and an explosive a chain and a revitalized 31 year old Raheem Mostert. Like they've, they, that terrifies me because that running game has been solved this season. Number two is specifically the speed of their receivers. Like Tyree Hill, Jalen Waddle have to be the, and next gen stats proves it. they are the two fastest. They are the fastest wide receiver duo in the league. And so the fact that like, if I'm listing Duron bland and Stefan Gilmore and Jordan Lewis's strengths speeds, not up there. Like that's not the fastest yeah. secondary we've ever seen. We've, Garrett Wilson burned him deep. DK Metcalf burned him deep. This secondary can get burnt deep, and you're going to have to protect against two of the fastest receivers in football next week.
1: 100%. I think that's the well said, and I'll add on to it more than anything, is we had talked about the speed is a real problem. I think the Miami Dolphins have a type of speed that nobody else can boast. You know, like you said, um, Tyree Kill, you know, Jalen Waddle, these guys are stupid fast. And I think with the speed and athleticism – with the innovation, Mike McDaniel, I believe the last time I checked, he was like leading the league in motion, like highest motion yep. rate. Like he just he he just does a lot of innovative things that the Cowboys defense are going to have to buckle up and and find an answer for. I think the good thing about it is. Even though Stefan Gilmore, Duran Bland, these guys aren't the fastest, I think sideline to sideline, we're a pretty fast defense. So I think we can compete. You know, in that wise, I think it's gonna be a full-fledged, you know, war on the secondary in the back end there. But uh, yeah, they do. The confidence isn't there. Again, I've said this a few times. When they get beat up, I feel good. I feel better about their chances following that because there's a pride, there's an ego check in there. But there's a lot of things here to to really scare you if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, but with that being said, uh, you gave me a couple of things that. You know, we both agree that are negative, but is there anything you see advantageous for this Cowboys team against Miami? I mean, this is, I mean, low key turns into an important game, even if it's just for Psyche, right? Getting to 11 and 11 and four would be a big deal.
2: I mean, the one thing working the Cowboys' favor is the Dolphins' offense is wildly inconsistent. Like, you have this game where, like, obviously you can take the Broncos game where they put up 70 points. You're like, this is the best offense ever created. And then you have other games where the Dolphins, like, who did they just lose to? Who is their most recent loss? It was a complete offensive ineptitude. Not, let me just, let me see. I'll look it sorry. up for you. But the but the point is that this Dolphins often like okay, against the Titans, they only put up twenty. Like you see, they put up twenty seven points in a loss. Two yeah. of those or fourteen of those points came off complete turnovers in the like where the dolphins immediately had the ball in the red zone. For ninety-nine percent of that or for ninety percent of that game, the Dolphins were sitting at like thirteen points against a very bad Jets defense. And so like this this Dolphins offense, while they have all the weapons and while they have all the speed, there's just weeks where they come out and lay a goose. And you have to hope that like that's one of the weeks. You have to hope that Matt yeah. Mike McDaniels is not in his bag this week and Dan Quinn comes prepared to stop a inconsistent offense. That's my hope.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think their defense can be had. I know they got Jalen Ramsey and they got some pieces that are pretty good, but their defense doesn't scare me nearly as much as their offense does. Right. I think, especially off of this performance, there's gotta be some matchup situations and you just really hope more than anything. I've said it a few times. We're numbers guys or analytics guys, but I really hope like the emotion and the pride plays into like this Cowboys like effort here. Right. Because it's also, a, even though it's only one day, it's a quick turnaround, right? You go from this to playing on Saturday against Detroit, and Detroit's a team probably either looking to sure up the NFC North or, or fighting for a spot close. You know what I mean? It depends on how things shake out. They could have clinching possibilities that week. Things aren't going to be easy over the next two weeks. It's just not, right? And we finally met some adversity, but I think the Miami Dolphins pose a real-life problem of what the playoffs are going to look like. I think they can be a kind of pseudo- kind of look at what the 49ers are going to bring to us in the playoffs, which scares the, the hell out of me. Um, but positively wise, I think the elements will be fine. I don't see this being like a weather game. I don't see you know being a, I don't think Miami fans are like raucous. You know what I mean? I don't think they're like this. Like I give yeah. a ton of respect to the Buffalo bills, bills, mafia. They, they had that place rocking as much as I said that the, the fans don't play a huge part in it at least they play a 1% part of it when your team is, or your fan base is like that. I don't know if Miami has that in their 100%. bag.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But with that being said, th- there's a lot to be learned about this Cowboys team and I'm intrigued to see how they answer and respond because they have answered the bell pretty well. I don't think they've lost the game back-to-back all season and I would hate to see it happen here late in December when you want to start to play your best football.
2: So my question for you, and I guess we're, we're kind of nearing the end here, so it's I think it's okay to ask yeah. Are you confident that Mike McCarthy, we know how well he bounces back, are you confident that he's able to bounce back against this time a very solid team? Because, I mean, if you look at the last few times that the Cowboys have had to bounce back from a loss, like, yeah, they lost to the Cardinals, but then you get to play a bad New England team. They mm-hmm. lost to the they lost to the Niners. A bad Chargers team you get to play right after that. Now you lose to the Eagles. Congrats, you get to play Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants mm-hmm. after that. So this is the most difficult game they've had to play post post a loss. Yeah. Are you confident Mike McCarthy to respond or you just think it's they've been in advantageous situations following a loss? Thus, far? I,
1: I mean, you look even back to last year, they've responded well after, you know, a defeat. So I, I feel like there's enough body of work to make me feel confident. Now, confidence don't necessarily convert into wins. Right. So they got to go out there and play good football. Today was not good football. They did not play good football against the Buffalo Bills and they got and they got beat up you know, rightfully so because of it. Um, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. This team hasn't lost back-to-back games, even despite how the schedule sets up. We know this is the toughest stretch they got. For them to go Seahawks, Eagles, um, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, we knew this was coming. They got to answer the bell. If they lose to Miami, like everything that people say about them, it's going to be really hard to defend, right? Like, we want to sit here and say 2023 is a different team. This is a different season. They can they can come and, t- and take over adversity like we, we've never seen them do before. They go ahead and lose to Miami. I, I think it's going to be tough to defend or even talk in that type of language anymore.
2: I agree. And, I mean, I guess, follow up quick before, like, if, if we lose to Miami, the yeah. odds that we take the one seed or win the division That's completely out the window right or do you think it's over now like knowing that the eagles either have to they have to lose to the giants at this yeah. point
1: i don't want to be insensitive but you know the old saying um the fat lady sings um yeah. she's she's warming up the the pipes right now you know what i mean she's getting yeah. the the lung ready to go um I, yeah, I think they needed this one because I think there's a chance the Eagles drop to Seattle and they'll make it sting even more. Um, but yeah, I think we need to worry about what's on our plate. And if that's a five seed, then that's a five seed.
2: I agree. I'm just like, we're getting towards the end of the year. We can start yeah. thinking about rest scenarios. Right. Like, I don't, want the, I don't want to lose out on the NFC East in the last week where we have to play our starters and we don't get the mm-hmm. joy of it. Advantage of I don't we'll see how it plays out. If you, I'm not giving up hope, but the Eagles need to drop to the Giants for it to happen.
1: Real quick, if if we lock in the five seed, you know, heading into week 18, are you just sitting everybody against Washington, giving yourself a bye week? I would. Yep. I don't think this team has. I don't think they've done that. Which I don't. But love. you saw
2: what happened last year. They played their stars and then still got their butt whooped by Sam right. Howell.
1: Right. Yeah, by the same team. So. um I would. I mean, it depends. I mean, we saw Zach Martin getting hurt. We saw a bunch of guys get banged up, nicked and bruised. This is the most physically uh, demoralizing game they've had all year. Um, You wonder what it looks like if that changes. I mean, they still had Dak in the game until like three minutes left, so that was kind of mind-blowing to me, but... This team's going to – I think they believe in flow. They believe in getting good rhythm and good tape, and I think that's what they wanted to do. They ended on a touchdown. A lot of people will call that garbage time, but I think they were looking for something. They found that, and hopefully nobody nobody gets hurt more, but we'll see. I mean, really perplexing day in Cowboys Nation. Um Tough, tough game, right? Cowboys fall to ten and four. This is a feeling the Cowboys fans haven't felt in you know six weeks, five weeks, whatever it been. Um, but soak it in, take it in, and then uh, next time when people are getting ready to open Christmas presents, hopefully, yeah, uh, we'll be discussing a uh, Miami Dolphins W against you know on Christmas Eve.
2: I really hope so. I can't say <laughs> another loss.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you, man. All right. So with that being said, that is the first and ten podcast by- brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis, we'll catch you next week, hopefully talking about a W. Peace.